I'm Talib Vizram and you're listening to Fast Break, your weekly source of inspiration and motivation in these uncertain times. This week, we're tackling education amid the pandemic and recession, what it will look like for the newest crop of high school seniors heading off to college, and how online tools are changing the way kids learn about sex ed and more. This is your Fast Break. There's been a surge in coronavirus cases that has state governments pausing plans to reopen and companies delaying when their employees will return to the office. Since a large portion of those new cases are younger people, colleges and universities are deciding what to do this upcoming school year. Some schools are planning to welcome their students back with reduced class sizes, fewer in-person courses and social distancing measures. But this might not be ideal for students who counted on the full college experience, especially given some tuition price tags. And since the pandemic has also caused an economic recession, younger folks will be feeling the strain for a while. This raises the question of what role higher education plays in our society and who it benefits. Here to talk more about that is Abby Brody, founder and CEO of Mind the Gap. Welcome to the show, Abby. Thank you for having me. So first off, let's go over what a gap year is. I'm from the UK where that kind of thing is a bit more common than it is here. For our listeners who may not be familiar, can you explain it? And why is it something you decided to focus on with Mind the Gap? Yes, in Europe, a gap year is part of the normal narrative. And in the US, it's gaining some traction, but still only less than 1% of high school graduates are gapping in the United States. So a gap year is a what we think at Mind the Gap, a step off the hamster wheel of education. Typically, students gap between high school and college. It's a year of exploration or for some, working and getting some life experience and saving for their next steps in higher education. But in the COVID time, I do want to point out that you can gap at any time and it's actually really advantageous right now for any student to gap because as you said, the price tag this fall is not the experience they signed up for. At Mind the Gap, we say something that's pretty controversial, but it's real. College, think back to your own college experience, what you remember, what you took from it. It's 90% party, 10% the classroom. But that is okay. Let's say it out loud. You are paying to live on your own, to have this quad-like experience. The learning doesn't happen in the classroom. It happens on the quad, in the cafeteria, at that fraternity party, where you learn who you are and who you aren't, where you push boundaries and no parent is over your shoulder with consequences or rewards. That is an essential part of learning. And that, this fall, will be gone. And you're left with 10% of your value. Well, I'm glad you stepped back from the anti-party line. I was worried for a second you might get some flack for that. No, we like the party. And my gap, <laughs> we're all about the party. The party is 90% of it, and that's okay. <laughs> Gotta have the party. So a gap year is a time to just get off the hamster wheel. Why we chose to go into this, we are minding the gaps between life and schooling, because there is one. From our research, only 14% of students who enter in the higher education system succeed. And our metrics are, so let's take 100 students, 50 of them drop out within six years. So that's already a 50% dropout rate. And those kids are usually, 70% of them at least, paying for loans for a degree they didn't even get. And then of the ones that do graduate, the ones that succeed, half of those will earn less than $27,000 six years out of school. They will be paying off those loans for a degree that costs more than its market value. 
and 73% of them won't even use their degree of study. So that leaves 14% success. That would be an F, a fail. We have failed. And why we are interested in the gap year space is that when we are looking for academic interventions, we've seen nothing with the results like gap year students. Gap year students outperform by more than one standard deviation. They're more likely to get the job, they feel more mature, and they're more likely to graduate and use their major because they know a little bit more about life. Because what is a K-12 experience? It's school, after school, homework, repeat. That's not what life is like. And they go into these educational institutions not knowing who they are, what they want, and they end up squandering or dropping out. So we are really excited about the gap year space. And COVID's really accelerating change in higher ed. And we believe if we were to rewrite the education system in the United States, it would start with an experience where students are off that wheel and have a moment to pause. And part of that pause can be, is college even right for me? So can you give us an overview of what the Life Ready program will look like? In other words, the skills taught and the resources offered? So for the last two years, we've been studying why students are failing in life. And we found three buckets that we identified. The first being personal development. It is very unfair to expect a K-12 graduate to know who they are or what they want to do. This expectation that you have to go to college when college doesn't serve all degrees, and many people who go to college aren't even using their degrees. We have found life coaching to be a really interesting way to do this. So nowhere in a K-12 experience or in a higher education experience, you get a one-to-one advocate. This is a life coach certified by the Coactive Teaching Institute that's there for you to help you think through these things independently of parents and outside influences. So personal development was one big bucket because that's the second reason kids are dropping out of college. First being financial, the second being stress, anxiety, and depression, which doesn't get enough airway out there, but depression is very relevant in Gen Z, especially now with COVID. The second bucket that is missing everywhere are life skills. They're taught nowhere. From personal financing to cybersecurity, all the 21st century skills that you need to know. Millennials are famous for having their parents read their first job contracts because they're so scared by the language being used or even reading their first lease agreement. These are all skills that we're teaching. How do you organize your digital environment? Because let's be clear, Gen Z has two selves. They have their life self and their digital self. Let's embrace that, but teach them how to navigate those things. So our life hacks curriculum is just that. We teach them the skills to be hashtag adulting. Well, that's really useful. I wish I had that. I still need it. To be honest <laughs> with you, I'm still learning. And I'm learning from writing this curriculum and meeting these experts. And we do something really interesting. When we interview, we don't just ask, you know, what, why do you save? How do you do it? We ask them their life story. What is the life of an accountant? And then we ask something that no one asks. How much money do you make? We have a real shame around that question. It's not culturally really acceptable to ask, but it's really unfair to ask these kids to walk into these vocations and pick these majors with not a true understanding of their value outside of it. So always that is essential to what we do. And then the third bucket is critical thinking skills. So we have been following the 21st century skill sets, communication, collaboration, how to give and receive feedback are the number one complaints coming out of the employers. They can't find people with these skills who are dynamic problem solvers. So we spend an entire curriculum doing that through problem-based challenges where we work on these meta skills of how to communicate, what is a design brief, 
How do you collaborate with others and leverage people's strengths and weaknesses? When do you speak and when do you sit back? None of that is taught in schools. Schools are very much still information, memorize, regurgitate, forget. We want to teach them the skills that can translate to any job that they take. Sure. And so it will differ from kind of the current reality of lectures over Zoom and that kind of thing. We have no grades. We actually don't say the S word. We <laughs> do not have school and we do not have students. This is about you. This is your time to invest in yourself before making a very pricey decision if you do decide to enroll in a higher education degree. Great. So are there certain kinds of majors or subjects that lend themselves to this kind of program over traditional higher education? We believe this is for everyone. This is the missing step. This program does not exist in K-12 or higher ed. This is the gap between school and life. So yes, we believe that any young adult would benefit from this program because these are the skills that you need for life, not for success in school. So you've said that Mind the Gap will provide an enriching learning experience without breaking the bank. The cost for 15 weeks of the Life Ready program is $5,000. That's over $1,300 more than a public two-year community college. So what makes Life Ready a better choice for someone who is considering a cheaper alternative to a four-year degree? This is a tough one, and I want to first off say that it is our number one imperative to bring that money down. We wanna reach as many students as possible. And in our first year, this is what we can pull off, but we plan to have that in year two. So for those who cannot afford it right now, don't worry, we're coming. We're gonna be there for you too. But why we think this is still a good investment is that, especially in two-year colleges, most of these kids don't make it. The, you know, if you could really understand why you're going to school and identify that, you're more likely to get your money out of it. Another misnomer that people aren't taking account when they're budgeting, especially parents when they're saving, and they should be aware of this. The average graduation time is six years, not four. And it's going higher. We have kids graduating in 10 years. So if you multiply all that because they, they fail a class, or they are not able to monitor their time, they change majors. That is a, one of the major reasons kids are taking longer to graduate. Rightfully so. They don't know who they are and they grow up in college and then change their minds. If you could take one year to just pause, take time, have an independent person, a coach, talk to you for your wishes, your dreams, learn these skills that no matter what will help you in college, even budget your money so you could finish college. I mean, the number one reason kids are dropping out is the financial burdens. But what if they had the skills to know how to budget and save and be successful in college? Well, then it's worth the money. And you said that Mind the Gap should not be considered as a means to get hired by the organizations you partner with. Instead, students should focus on discovering who they are and where they want to go. So how can they translate the skills they've learned during the Life Ready program into gainful employment? The first thing um, in our, our next curriculum, they're going to learn all the 21st century skills on how to critically think, problem solve, and work with others, because that is the reason people get fired. Having skills is one thing, but being able to communicate that and work with an organization is turning out to be the number one issue with Gen Z, and we're not going to, uh, with millennials, and we're not going to let that repeat with Gen Z. So we're filling that gap by this program. Our partner organizations are really organizations that inspire. We are very much organization that knows that learning has to be relevant 
you know, knowing y equals m, m what, I don't even remember it. Y equals mx plus b. Is that correct? Huh? I couldn't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> These things are meaningless. Yeah. But if you relate learning to their own lives and have them challenge and working with organizations that are in the now, the first semester kicks off with a Black Lives Movement piece. The meta skill is how to do a design brief and do empathy interviews. That is very important employment. How do you understand other people's perspective? Even if you're just selling clothing, what is this woman coming in and how does she view me when I, when I speak? Having that ability to reflect on your own communication skills and empathy skills is really important to lifetime success. So these students in Life Next will be doing empathy interviews with their local police force and people in their community to then write up a brief about what the problem is and then actually go for solving some solutions. Wow. Uh, you really triggered me with that math equation there. That brought back some flashbacks. <laughs> bad times, bad times. And that's yeah. what we have to stop. Like, th this is useless. What are you? I could look that up. There's calculators that do that. You know, education has not pivoted with the information age. Gen Z has grown up with all the answers in not even just a keystroke, but also with a voice command. They don't even have to keystroke anymore. So knowing facts really has no relevant knowledge. I can find out when a war ended just as fast as you now. But being able to synthesize information is truly the differentiator. Yeah. Well, you already mentioned one, but are there other kind of key instructional points you'd like your students to take away this fall, especially in the important political and social moment we're in? I just want to say to the parents and students trying to figure out what to do this fall, my heart is with you. This is a tough one, but this is the time to jump. There is nothing, if you are paying more than $5,000 for a fall distant experience, and if you think that, I personally do not think it's safe. You know, most universities boast that they have representation from all 50 states on their campus. And now you're taking all these kids, you're putting them all together and then pushing them back out over Thanksgiving to all our community. This is reckless. Higher ed is aware that it's reckless. They have no choice. You know, it doesn't get much press because the waiting list still exists, but higher ed is in financial crisis and turmoil. A lot of small schools will not make it out of COVID, which honestly might be a blessing because it will give us time to really think about what could happen and how we can do education better so we're not failing our students with 14% success rate. But this fall, we hope our students one, I want them to be heard. That is actually something we're talking a lot about in programming. We're pushing our life coaching to a whole new level to really incorporate mindfulness. This is stressful, it, you know, especially if you are in your, you know, this age group where truly your identity exists by your peers. Peers are everything. Your social group is your world. And to all of a sudden, they've been isolated and stuck with their parents. They're going quite insane. <laughs> I, you know, the drug use is rampant. The depression is rampant, especially for the class of 2020 that didn't get prom. They didn't get anything. They feel robbed. We're really excited to actually be there and catch them and let uh, their life coach be a real sounding board for them. They need a sounding board. And it's very hard to complain you didn't have prom when people are dying and your parents are losing their jobs. There, there's not much empathy there, but they deserve to be heard and it's really important. So besides the learning objectives this fall, it's really important to me that we are there for them emotionally. Well, it all sounds like really inspiring stuff. Like I said, I wish I'd had some of this stuff. Maybe I'll try and get some uh, some cheats or spark notes at some point. Yeah, we, we, you are welcome anytime. And maybe we'll interview you. Do you have any, are you good at um, plumbing or anything of life hacks? 
Uh, d- I wouldn't. I wouldn't call on me for plumbing, but uh, I'll have a think. Maybe something. Yeah, else. you have a think. We'll have your top. You can. You can share your at least share your story because one thing we truly believe in that is so underrated is that stories are everything. You can learn a lot by hearing about someone's mistakes. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Abby. I really enjoyed it. Stay safe out there. We'll be right back after this short break. During quarantine, many parents did what they never thought they would have to do, teach their own kids. Homeschooling guides and online instruction tools became invaluable as lockdowns took effect. One resource that has become a go-to for parents is Lessonbee, and here to tell us more is Fast Company health and tech writer, Ruth Reader. Thanks for joining us today, Ruth. Thanks, Tom. Lesson B didn't crop up because of the pandemic, but it seems to have filled a void for some parents. What's its background story? It started in 2016. A woman named Reva McCollum founded the company partially because she was already in the tech sphere, teaching coding, working on things like that. And I think she found that this was an area of education that was like really ripe for change. (laughs) When we think about health class, we think about really awkward conversations with our teacher uh, about sex. (laughs) And she felt like health class was also a huge opportunity to dive into issues of identity and diversity, uh, sexuality, just like such rich stuff that kids really need help wading through and understanding, but generally don't get in a traditional education setting. Sure. So can you walk us through one of its lessons? Oh, sure. So basically how it works, it's very Instagrammy, or it's like very of the digital era. Basically what she does is she has this cast of characters. They're all cartoons. For the most part, she has a few lessons that are sort of documentary-esque. These lessons take you through interactions between teens and then their text messages. And like so much of the learning happens in text. And often what she'll do is like, there's this one character in in every lesson who is like the all-knowing friend who just like knows everything. (laughs) And so they have all the answers. Like, you know, she's got dumb friends in there too, or friends who are just, I shouldn't say dumb, but just sort of like (laughs) friends who like don't know, right? They just like, they ask the you know, what we would typically think of as like the stupid questions, right? We all have those friends. <laughs> exactly. And, but she does this, the, the all-knowing friend is also like deeply empathetic and so like corrects people in the most non-judgmental way. And sometimes that's an older sibling too, who like comes with the knowledge because they've like gone to college already. They have life experience that perhaps their younger sibling doesn't. So I'll give you a, a more concrete example. In one of the lessons, there is this girl named Ava and she has hooked up with her boyfriend and weeks later she doesn't have her period and they didn't have sex but they were naked you know he came she's like ah could i be pregnant <laughs> <laughs> so it's a group text that it goes through and and what's interesting about it is you know there is some of the really like rudimentary health class stuff you know the always count on wise friend breaks out these sort of like actual lessons almost. These are what your sexual organs are, first of all. These are what they're called. Mm -hmm. And this is how they work. (laughs) And this is just like the pure functional science side of things. And this is how you get pregnant functionally. And then together as a group of friends, they sort of 
they go through, you know, the real world applications of that knowledge. So is it feasible you could be pregnant? Maybe. How should we go about finding out? Should we take a pregnancy test? Should we talk to the school nurse? Is there another resource that we can utilize to figure out what to do next? So that I think is really the magic of this health class is that it's like, yes, you get the you get the the typical stuff that you'd want kids to learn in a health class at school. But then also there's this other side of it, which is like, okay, practically I'm in the situation. <laughs> what can I do? And it's a little less awkward, I guess, hearing it from a friend than from a, you know, 50 something biology teacher. Yeah. And also like, you know, the thing I like about it too, is like, of course, like kids, you know, adults, everybody lives in their text messages, right? That's like where we go when we have a question. Sadly, yes. Yeah. You know, you ask your friends. This leans on that sort of natural behavior to teach kids how to understand health, but also navigate the world. So what inspired Reva McPollum to develop Lesson B? You know, she was really drawing on her own experience. She went through a health class like the rest of us, right? And, you know, I think she felt like she struggled to be healthy as a kid and the health class that she went to didn't really sort of meet her where she was and she just again saw a huge opportunity for health class to sort of be like something for kids to really grab onto and also to play a role helping them build social and emotional skills, which we know are crucial for being a human in the world. And one thing she said about it is, we give you the opportunity to practice and build skills and in particular to reflect. If you're gonna build skills, you need the opportunity for practice. You need the opportunity for discussion. The program is sort of designed also to give kids a space to navigate the real world without it being the real world, right? And also to help them facilitate conversations with their peers to sort of understand, okay, well, what's your experience? What's your background? What's your access to nutrition? What's my access to nutrition? And sort of allow kids to sort of have a free-flowing conversation about how health exists in their own lives in addition to curriculum. You, you touched on this a little bit, but you know, in general, how does Lesson B bring a new approach to health lessons? Um, well, one, I think that, you know, these lessons are far more aimed at helping kids to develop real world skills. I think that's such a huge thing. It's so non-judgmental and it shows like these imperfect characters, right? So characters in this, in this program, in these sort of simulations that she runs, they make mistakes. In one case, this is sort of like a, in many ways, a very adult, but also, you know, a very late teenager experience potentially is the lesson is about HIV. It comes across in two scenes. And the first scene is kids are in this car. They're going to go meet up with this friend who's hosting this party. The friend who's hosting the party has HIV. So the conversation in the car on the way to the party is sort of, oh God, like, can I catch that if I hang out with this guy? And it takes you through a lesson of how the disease actually works and also what treatments are available, how people live with it, which is also a bit more real world. You know, it breaks down the, the taboos around HIV and brings empathy and understanding to a person who might have this disease and suffer from it. In the other half of the episode, you know, there's this kid who, it's the same kid, obviously, who contracted HIV, and you basically find out how he contracted it. And, you know, he and his girlfriend had a really bad breakup. He ends up just, you know, engaging in some reckless behavior um, and has unprotected sex with someone and contracts HIV. 
and now has to deal with the repercussions of that. And part of that repercussion is informing his former partner and just saying, you know, I, this happened after you, but like, maybe you should get tested anyway, just in case. I'm making testing a part of my regular health regime now. So, and so that does two things, right? That on the one hand sort of, or it does three things really. It gives you the real information about HIV. What is HIV? How does it work? On top of that, it shows you how to be compassionate towards people who have HIV. Three also then introduces, again, the real world application. Get tested regularly, you know, like learn a new behavior here's a resource where you can look up where to get tested. So it's just sort of a very holistic program in many ways. Uh, and where can parents or teachers find this tool? Um, well, on their website, you can sign up. And the nice thing about it too is I think it's largely free. The, the certain aspects of the program cost money, but but the fees are pretty low. And I think they're like per lesson. So you might pay like five to $10 for a lesson, for example. But a lot of the content is free. Lesson B became an official supplemental resource for Chicago public schools. So if you are in the Chicago area, it's something to know about and certainly ask your health teachers about, or maybe even just ask your school about to see about connecting your child with that resource. Well, it sounds like a world away from my memories of being in that awkward biology classroom. But thanks so much for coming on the show, Ruth. Thanks for having me. This was fun. That's it for this week. Fast Break was produced by Avery Miles. Be sure to check in with us next week for another roundup of helpful tips and creative ideas to stay positive throughout this challenging time. You can subscribe to Fast Break on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you like this show, please leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for joining us. I'm Talib Vizram.